Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. Violet Reiki Radio is a show brought to you weekly wherein we discuss Reiki and all things surrounding Reiki, the roots of Reiki, uh, Reiki's founder, Mikao Usui, many of the things that interested the founder of Reiki. We discuss alternative healing uh, modalities. You name it, we discuss it here. Um, disease, Reiki practitioners, methods of Reiki, spirituality, personal and uh, spiritual growth, and all of that good stuff. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for making this show possible so that I can bring this to you every week. Um, Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. The Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal and spiritual development. My name is Rose Jimenez. I am a Reiki master teacher. I teach four different methods of Reiki. My website is www.violetrosereiki.com. If you'd like to drop me an email, if there's any question you have about Reiki, methods of Reiki, etc., you can email me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. You can also find me on Facebook under Violet Rose Reiki. I'm on 
Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on, oh God, so many, uh, Tumblr, Google+, most of the social media. You can find Violet Rose Reiki and lots of information. I believe you can never have too much information. And um, also, I have a page on Facebook that is called Reiki Ward. And Reiki Ward was developed to send distance healing free of charge to all humans and animals all over the world. Reiki Ward, what we do at Reiki Ward is you would post a healing request the same way you post anything else on Facebook to a friend's wall, to your own wall or what have you. And then we would get on the request and take care of it as soon as possible. Usually it's within a couple of hours or, you know, depending on time zones, 12 hours or what have you. But once we do the request and we have the request in and it is being worked on, we put the request on our healing grid. We have a huge healing crystal grid. And we do rounds two to three times a day, send out healing. And these these um, these requests are placed on the grid for 24-7 Reiki healing energy. So if you'd like to, just, again, it's on Facebook. So if you type in the search box at Facebook, Reiki Ward or Reiki Ward page, it will take you to the page and you can put in your request. Um, my guest this evening is Nina Paul. She is a Reiki master teacher and an author. And she is a fantastic human being as well. I had the honor of meeting Nina years ago and give her Reiki, actually. This was at a workshop. And um, that was in the beginnings of my uh, introduction to Reiki. And um, Nina is, you know, the love of the natural world led Nina to study and work in the field of science and health research and communication. She started down the path at SUNY Purchase, New York, where she received her bachelor's degree in biology and performed research in the field of neuroimmunology. After working in medical publishing, she studied for her master's degree and PhD in infectious disease, epidemiology, the study of diseases, and immunobiology from Yale University. After leaving Yale, Nina pursued postdoctoral research in London and Oxford, England. Nina's research focused on human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, and related viruses and their interaction with the immune system. She also pursued meditation and yoga and was learning to see in a different way. In 1999, while living in New Mexico, she started studying Reiki 1 and 2 and then studied Reiki 3 and master's teaching training in Oregon and New York. Nina is the author of Reiki for Dummies and Living with Hepatitis C for Dummies, currently living on the coast of Maine in the United States. Nina uses Reiki as a tool to connect to the greater energy that connects us all. And 
I got to tell you, I have the book, Reiki for Dummies. And it's a wonderful, wonderful book. I can't tell you enough about it. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here with my copy. And when I had a house fire in 2010, I had come into the rubble. And I was so happy to see that my Reiki for Dummies book, it just got a little sooty on the top part and the side part of the page and a little bit on the spine, but a little Windex and it's good to go. And I'm glad I didn't lose my book. <laughs> Uh, let's welcome Nina. Good evening, Nina. You're on Violet Reiki Radio. How are you? Hello. Can you hear? Can you hear me? I can. It sounds a little spotty, but let's see. Start talking, and we'll see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, that'll get better. Does that sound better? Yeah, you sound better now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I okay. love the story you just told. I'm sorry you had a fear, uh, but I'm glad that the Reiki book uh, survived. Oh, you had to see me. I was like, oh, God, where are my Reiki books? And, you know, a couple of them did not make it, but Reiki for Dummies did. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, because from the day that I got this book, I read it inside out about three times, and I kept going, my God, this is fantastic. This is great. Because you know what I like about it? It's meat What's and that? potatoes. It's meat and potatoes. You know, yeah. I don't like, I don't like that, you know, you go and you get a book, and, you know, somebody's trying to show you how smart they are or what they've got to offer you, and, the, and it's like the size of War and Peace. And you're reading through it, and if you have an analytical mind, which I, I have, you finish the book and you go, I didn't need half of this crap. Why did they? Why did they tell me? You know. So I, it, I like the simplicity of it. Yeah, thank you, and and I do too. Uh, I I know not everyone likes the word dummies, and I've I've had a lot of flack from people about that. Uh, and there are people that won't read it, and that's okay. Uh, but the the publishers, I mean, they have a system for making things clear. And getting and getting rid of jargon, or at least explaining the jargon. Uh, and so I think that's really helpful, especially with something like Reiki. A lot of the books go off in different directions, and you can forget, you know, well, what what what's the take home message here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm so glad to see that you'd written another one. You know, hepatitis C for dummies, because that's another subject that people get all wrapped around and. When it's to the end of it, you know, huh, is the, is the response. And I'm sure that's as clear and clean as this, this is. Yes. Yeah, so in fact, that was the first one that I wrote. Uh, and then I wrote the Reiki one. So, oh. yeah, they, I mean, the, the whole point, the way the books are set up is to make it, to, for people to get in, get their information, and get out. Right, right. So that if you need the information, you don't have to go searching. I mean, you still might have to search, obviously, but there's the point is to make it easy to digest. Right. I, I think it's the conditioning. It's uh, it, We're so conditioned. I think we're over-conditioned because um, I'm a big fan of The Four Agreements. I bought that book years and years and years ago when it first came out. And that book helped me to a lot of really 
bad times going on in my life. And I'll never forget, you know, the very beginning of the book, it says, forget the dream that you've been told is your reality. Make your own dream. And then he goes on to recite the four agreements. Don't do this, don't do that. And as you start to apply those agreements, you start to see if you're, if I don't know how to say this, if you're accepting enough and not as rigid, you start to see that applying these four agreements really does work in your life and really helps you lead a better life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I think what we're conditioned about is the word dummy. Or in the word dummy, right. we see dumb down. Oh, so you have to dumb down this to me because you're assuming I'm an idiot. So, you know, it takes on all those crazy, you know, um, uh, definitions and stuff. And it's like, no, no. You know, like even in class, my students will say, I have a stupid question. And I'll say, there's no such thing as a stupid question. The question's a question. It doesn't have, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Stupid, moderately stupid, intelligent question. <laughs> it's a question, you know. But, um, so now I have a question for you. Um, how did you come to Reiki? Okay. I, I came to Reiki, I was living in England, and it was probably the, the last year, I'm thinking, that I lived in England. I was there in the 90s. And a friend of mine was... Uh, so I had just learned Reiki. And I, I had already been doing a lot of different spiritual things, but I had never heard of Reiki at that time. And she gave me a Reiki treatment, and I was so relaxed that I fell asleep or, you know, I was just, I, I relaxed. And I remember that. So that was my first Reiki experience. And then what happened is when I came back to the U.S., because I'm American and I decided to come back, uh, I ended up in the Southwest. I was looking around. I didn't know where I was going to end up, and that's where I ended up. And where I ended up is in a town called Truth of Consequences. And oh, wow. At, <laughs> well, the thing is, that, town, <laughs> that town's name originally had been Hot Springs. There are hot springs there, and, right. which are absolutely marvelous and marvelous. Marvelous. And marvelous. I, made up, I made up a new word. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's and, the accent that's east of Maine, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm an early riser, so maybe my, I make up words the later it gets. I don't know, but that's okay. fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the community that I ended up in was, I mean, talk about synchronicity, had a, had a center run by someone named Ivan Shire, and... Uh, He's no longer with us, but it was called Still Point, and there were two Reiki, uh, Reiki, I'm say treatments. There were two uh, Reiki shares. General public could come, and the other was for Reiki practitioners. And so I just landed there, and there were, and this is a very small town, and there were uh, a lot of people that were teaching Reiki, going through the Reiki training, and so within. A month after I landed, I was studying Reiki one and and joining these twice a week Reiki shares, where I learned so much about Reiki. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was such a great experience because a lot of people came through the town, 
and would come to our Reiki shares. And so you would get the experience of working, uh, first of all, having a lot of people put their hands on you, to seeing how different people work, and also working alongside different people and getting feedback. Uh, and then after a period of time, I think six months, then I took Reiki too. They, at that time, in that group uh, of people, you had to wait between Reiki 1 and Reiki 2. Yeah, I let, I let my students wait too, and they look at me and go, we're going to have to wait. I said, yep, at each level you wait a little longer. So, um, yeah. You understand. It, yeah. So that, it has, so it has to settle, you know. It's <laughs> kind of... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you were talking about that book. It's funny because I was thinking about that a little earlier today. Uh, I don't know why. I was, I was, just, I was remembering. I, I was thinking about, you know, how did I get to Reiki? I thought, oh, if you're going to ask, I thought, how did my spiritual path evolve? And uh, that, that book was part of it, you know, reading the, the four questions. And if you look at how, you know, you were talking about thick books or thin books, that's a little book with a great right. punch. <laughs> exactly. It's uh. a teeny tiny book and a big punch. Exactly. And, yes. uh, yeah, I know I was neurotic. I wrote a book of poetry, and um, I was very neurotic over it's too thin. It's going to be too thin. It's going to look like a pamphlet. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> So I weighed it until I had uh, about 110, 120 poems to, uh, to put in it. No, actually, I didn't. I had about 80. And I figured, okay, that, that's, a, that's a decent thickness, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm so glad you wrote this. This is great. So now, obviously, you're using Reiki and... Um, you, do you you do self treatment every day? I do, I do. I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit there have been times where I probably haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point in time, I do. But there have been times, uh, you know, since my training that I might have gotten into some other modalities. And uh, but I think that it's always there in the background whenever I'm touching. <laughs> you know, like, for example, tapping. I, I, I've gotten into, well, I got into when it was called EFT, emotional oh, yeah, EFT. And I, when I would do that in bed at night, for example, sometimes I, I didn't want to tap. I, I, I didn't want to move my arms that much because my arms were actually hurting me from the computer. Right. So I would just do a little Reiki on each point. So even though I wasn't calling it uh, specifically I'm doing my self-Reiki practice, I was using Reiki on me, but just different points. And, but I've come back to doing more of the traditional uh, 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 locations, and, 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 and that works for me. But I go through phases. I, I guess I like to have a little variety in my, in my energy work, and I might try something else. Uh, but, but I find that it works really, really well. And I've had... In fact, I had some arm pain. Uh, this is now, gosh, I don't know if it maybe a year ago. It could have been longer ago, but I, I had arm pain, and I, I get it when I'm typing too much, when I'm sitting improperly at the computer, you know, right. and, and, and I'm ignoring my body. It's giving me all the signs, and I ignore them. Right. And then, ouch, I'm in pain. And I just started really gently doing Reiki, on my fingers and my wrists at night, and, and it was amazing. 
how this very gentle Reiki art just moved slowly, you know, up, up my fingers and my wrists, and I was able to release so much tension in those areas. So mm-hmm. if there's anyone listening who, who's, a Reiki, who, who's a Reiki practitioner and you haven't done self-Reiki for a while, uh, it's, worth, it's worth going back to. I can vouch for it. <laughs> How about you, Rose? Are you a daily Reiki? Are you do daily self-Reiki? I'm a Reiki addict, yes. <laughs> You're Reiki addict? <laughs> Although I actually have a student, he's my best friend, and he does Reiki not only in the morning and at night when he goes to bed. If he feels he's got a lot of pain, um, he's got psoriatic arthritis and a whole bunch of other stuff going on, and he's like, you know, if I'm having a lot of pain through the day, I will just sit there and do, give myself Reiki again. And Sure. Like, Good, that's what it's for. I mean, you've got this tool in your, you know, back pocket. Why not whip it out whenever you need it? And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? I, I, I also, I mean, I, there are certain ways that I use it uh, automatically. You know, I started and, uh, years ago and I just still do it. For example, I have cats and I know some people may not believe in chemicals, but I do give them, only one cat left, but uh, a, a chemical. And for the fleas and ticks, and I always use, you know, a Reiki symbol on it, and I always, you know, say that before I put it on them. And when I give when I give them any medication, even if I'm taking, you know, something over the counter, or if I'm taking um, a uh, a vitamin, you know, I, I don't really take things too regularly. But let's say I am taking something, I will give it Reiki. Uh, or I'm using that intention, and really what I'm saying is only let only good come. Uh, in the car, another automatic one that I have is that uh, if I see anything, if I see an ambulance, in Maine we don't get as many. I used to live in New York. We don't get, we, we don't get them so much where I live. It's very rural. But um, though I live on the edge of the coast, so that there are people here, but we don't get too many sirens or accidents or anything like that. But if I see anything... I automatically send Reiki to the ambulance, just whatever it might be, even if I don't know what it is. Uh, so those things are kind of ingrained. I guess they're a little, they're they're not really self Reiki, but they're Reiki right. in the environment, Reiki in right. the, during the day. Yeah. Yeah, I started um, started doing something with the distance uh, healing symbol. If I had someone coming to me, or I even will do it on myself, if I've got, like, really bad pain, I'll either do the self-reiki treatment to myself, or if I'm doing it on a client, I will do the uh, the full treatment on the client. And then the last thing that I'll do is draw the distance healing symbol over them with the intention that, I want that to work like a time-release capsule, like a contact. Oh, I love that. Cell. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, just send this person or me, you know, Reiki on a time-release basis. Uh, just If the need is there for Reiki, let it release. Let, let it release from, you know, the symbol or whatever have you. And it works. I mean, it, it throughout the day, instead of having to stop and do Reiki to myself like, you know, six times or whatever, it just works. You can you can almost 
feel it when it's releasing. And I know my clients, if I if I do that, if they have a lot of pain, say in one particular part of their body, they'll feel great after the session. But then, like when I wasn't using this little symbol, this this distance uh, symbol trick of mine, they would call back in a couple of days and say, you know, I was good for a day or two, and then it came back. Well, ever since I started oh. using, ever since I started my little time release thing, um, it doesn't come back. You know, they, uh, they're like, fine, they're fine for, um, you know, until the next time they feel they need a session. But, uh, yeah, that was a, an experiment of mine that I, I like the way it worked. I, that so, sounds great. I like that. Yeah, try that. Let me know how it works for you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, I like sending energy before I, or an intention, or whatever you want to call it, sending the energy, clearing the energy. Uh, before right. events, I used to do it if, when I was at stressful jobs. I would do it before I uh, I left in the morning, just because sometimes once you're at work, it it can be so stressful <laughs> in the middle of something. But I like the time release because then you could say hourly, let's release energy. So uh, you know, and, and and I know, for example, with appointments, a Reiki appointment, when I know that I'm giving someone Reiki. From the time I know that they're in the appointment book, I'm thinking of them. I'm, I'm setting that intention. And I know for myself, once I set an appointment for any type of healing work, I start feeling it. It starts to work, I think, from the time you make the commitment, yes, I'm going to do it. Do you notice I, that? I, yeah, I agree. Because, you know, you know, people like, I don't know, people make energy work and energy so complicated and I think there was a time where it was complicated because most lay people or whatever average people didn't understand how physics worked, didn't understand how quantum physics worked, didn't understand energy at all. But I mean I feel over the past say 20 years or so there's been so much about these topics, and especially with the increase in energy work and energy healing, there's been more said, there's been more explanation, and it shouldn't be that difficult to understand. And even in medicine, you know, they keep saying, well, there's not enough data on Reiki, and we really can't prove that it works, and all of this stuff, and it's like, but... I have a doctor friend who explains this fantastically. I mean, he could explain Reiki to you within five minutes and you know exactly what he was talking about and what it meant. <laughs> and I've had him on the show twice. I'm like, you have to explain this to people because you explain it in such a way that it's easy for someone to wrap their head around it. And basically, I think what people can't get past is we're living in this world. We're living in the physical world. We're living in 3D and we know it. And actually, as I'm sitting here and I'm holding your book, uh, it's a book. It's solid. It's paper. It's, you know, it's a thing. And I can hold it and I can see it and I can bang it. But in reality, it's not. It's, it's energy. It's everything around me, everything around us is all energy. And we, we think they're real solid and, and, you know, whatever, but they're not technically, right? <laughs> right. Uh, oh. Yeah, I think I think it's Abraham through Esther Hicks that I'm uh-huh. trying to think about how they explain it is that we're so good at interpreting the physical world. So when when we come in and we're we're in the body, but we're seeing the body, 
where uh, and we all it's, it's like we all agree on this convention and we're seeing everything as physical. It's part of our we manifest uh, what we believe. I'm now you know outside of specifically what's Reiki as I understand it, but just this is what I believe is you know we create our reality through our thought, uh, and so we're taught this is a chair and this is a house. And so we learn. I mean, these are conventions and you have millions of people and we all agree on this, on this physicality. And right. we all agree to see things a certain way. But when you open your mind and you're open to other, reali- other, other ways of, of seeing and explaining what's here, then it's so much more. And, I mean, for me, Reiki is, one modality that allows an amazing modality because it works so simply, but it allows the gentle unfolding of of the rigidness of of you know if someone's in pain you're holding on to that pain and when you relax a little bit the pain can start to slow down and and you and you may and and you can start feeling better. You're letting it go actually. Yes, and, Wait, and you're you, allowing yourself to actually feel good. Right. When you get to that point where you've relaxed the pain and you've released the pain and you've let it go, then you feel okay. And it's like we keep holding on to stuff. We are oh, so yeah. famous for holding on to stuff. Even if you tell someone, you know, let it go, they'll say, yeah, I'll let it go. But really, did you let it go? I mean, back there in their mind, they're holding on tight. But out of their mouth is coming, yes, I let it go. Well, the the trick is you let it go, but is it coming right back? So, and are you, and and I'm sorry, I just have to say that that song in in Frozen, Let It Go, that's so popular with young girls. I just, it gives me hope that maybe generations coming up are going to be better at letting it go because they're, they're talking about it. But I, I know myself that I've had amazing healings and release, and then I sometimes will go back to old stuff. And, and one friend explained it to me a long, long time ago. He said, you know, when you feel like you're in the same place but you thought you released it and changed, he said, it's, you know, it's like a spiral. And so you may be in the same section of the spiral, but you're, you're above it. You know, you're, you're at a different level. Right. And because, you know, we all would like to heal instantaneously and have everything transform overnight. And, and I think that's a rare occurrence. And mm-hmm. from my understanding of what I've been told is it would be too much for us. So there's a gentle unfolding, and, and that's what Reiki allows for people is that we can gently or, or – uh, uh, as we're ready. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, we all have our own little sayings if you say something before Reiki, but it's what's for the highest good of this particular person at this time. And, and sometimes it's just to relax and, and maybe for other people it's going to be, you know, a big revelation about their life. Uh, it, 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 we can only grow as much as we're ready to at that particular time. Right, and it's uh, it has to take place slowly, and because you, you can't take such a jar to the system. And Reiki is working on not just one level; it's working on many different levels. So 
again, it has to be slow. It's like unpeeling an onion, you know? Yeah. And uh takes time. You know, I, I, I try to peel onions quickly. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're and in a you hurry, peel- but... Yeah, no. <laughs> and when you peel onions, sometimes you cry. <laughs> you cry, yes. Yes. So, I mean... <laughs> but it's- well, well, that's the whole problem. I mean, like, even in my counseling, I tell people, you know, it's up to you. You can heal. And in order to heal completely, you have to have what I call the talk with the mirror. You have to have that talk with yourself. If you're ready to be honest with yourself, then it'll work. If you're going to try and BS yourself or hide stuff from yourself, it's not going to work, and you're going to be going around and around in circles, actually, literally, you know, being the um, being the actual definition of Einstein's definition of insanity. You're going to keep circling right. and doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing and wondering, well, how come this isn't working? Okay. <laughs> so truth before everything and truth with yourself. Um. And that, that, to me, that's the start of healing. Yes, you're right. But it, it, you have to be brave to, to do that. Yes. It takes courage. But frequently when people are ill or they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then they're willing to do that. Yeah, you have to get to the point where you're like, I am so done with whatever that you just stop and, you know, like I had described something to a friend of mine. I said, you know what, when it comes to love, everybody's a little bit hysterical about, you know, I'm afraid to say something to my boyfriend, girlfriend, because they may get angry. So what happens is you hold back and you're not really being the real you and and you're living on eggshells because as long as you're watching what you're doing and you're real, real careful, the relationship is working out beautifully. But you're not being yourself. Okay. Right. And yeah. fear, because I love this person, I love this relationship that we have together, but I'm scared to death that if I am myself, they're not going to love me anymore. You know, fear is just, it paralyzes everybody and everything. And I said, you have to approach a situation like that. To me, you have to approach it like you're in Vegas and now it's a crapshoot. You have these dice in your hands and yeah. you're, you're going to roll them. And you have to live with what comes out. If you roll them and, and you hit 7-Eleven, you, you win. It's great. It's wonderful. Good. You accept it. You embrace it. And you know you're okay. And life goes on. And that's it. No more questions. No more walking on eggshells. No more all the other stuff that you were doing before. If it doesn't, you know, and everybody's like, oh, well, the downside is if it doesn't, you lose. No, you don't lose because actually a lot of times when you lose, you win. If you in the relationship lose by you are yourself and the other person can't deal with it, then you know, if, if you are being honest with yourself, then you know that that person is not for you. Don't even question it. You know, it's just, this is not the one. And now you know what you have to do, which is make a new game plan, make a turn, go right, go left, do it. You, know, you need a change. And, then you embrace that, you accept the change, you accept the lesson, you accept the information given you, and you go on. You, you do what you need to do 
to embrace the new change in your life. But staying in the one spot, walking on eggshells and not, not being your authentic self and not embracing life to the fullest because this is what you want. That's, that's like, that's, that's your own imprisonment and you made the chains that are keeping you there. You are a wise woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I, 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 I'm right with you. You're right. I, years ago, when you talk about that prison, I remember saying to somebody, I feel like the, I've been in prison, in an underground prison, and the window is now open. I actually had a, I had a vision. It must have been meditation or I, I had this vision, but I wasn't moving. And it, it gave me that realization. I'm the one that put me in prison. <laughs> so I'm yeah. the one to get me out. No one else is going to do it. Yeah. You made the chain link by link. You wrapped it around yourself. You put a lock <laughs> on it. And there you are, like the chain mummy going, why isn't anything happening? Why aren't I moving? Why is nothing manifesting? You know, and... Um, we all do it. I mean, with me, I was a chameleon my entire life. I think I was a chameleon you know, when I was a teenager, in my 20s, even in my 30s. And finally one day, this is in my 40s, mind you now. This is mid-40s. And I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, you know what? I'm exhausted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just too damn tired. So I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. And that was the day Rose was done. And I decided that from that point on, I, well, actually I did. I had a little communion that day. I was kind of in a uh, meditative mood when this came upon me. And then I just kept thinking, you know, I love myself. And I know divine source, God, Buddha, whatever you want to call it, loves me. And I actually felt that love come down upon me because it was a day where I was feeling really kind of empty, void, um, absolutely no direction whatsoever, questioning, you know, my life and questioning whether anyone really did love me, ever loved, could love me, that kind of stuff. And I really felt the love of divine source encircle me. And I said, you know what? Divine source loves me. I'm good. I love me. That's it. (laughs) That's all I need. As of tomorrow, I'm going to be, I'm going to go out there and be me. And that's what I did. And I had even resigned myself to, hey, if nobody loves me, that's okay, too. <laughs> Let's not going to live with that fear. And, and that's what it was. It was fear. Nobody will love me. Nobody will like me. I'll have nobody. Right. I'll just all alone, uh, you know. And I noticed as each day went by, nothing major, no major catastrophes happened. And I still had friends. And I was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and it just from that point going forward, it just got better and better and better. And um, that's the whole thing. You have to be happy with yourself. You have to be true and authentic and honest with yourself. And you have to do that with other people as well. But it, again, like they say, it's all within you. It all starts with you. It's a total and complete inside job because um, so many people are looking for something or especially love and what have you and like they're looking outside to other people and they'll get someone to love them and then all of a sudden it's like 
that person's gone. Well, yeah, because you don't love yourself. And that surfaces in relationships. That energy, here we go again, you know, but the energy of I don't love myself surfaces sooner or later. And it's like, you know, how dogs smell fear. Your partner senses that you don't love yourself or, you know, the energy profile of your partner senses that. It's going to cause a rumble in the jungle, as they say, and that's going to, you're going to have a lot of issues and problems. So it's better right. to heal yourself first and then, you know, go out and look for, you know, someone to share your life with or whatever. True. Yeah. Nobody, true. Has, nobody out there has the spackle and the plaster and the duct tape to help us become whole. We have to have the desire to make ourselves whole first. That's true. And it's like somebody said to me, well, do you have to believe in Reiki for it to work? I said, no, because Reiki is not a religion or anything. It's not that you have to believe in it. I said, but what you do have to believe and you do have to have the mindset is that, um, you know, I'm going to accept this modality um, to add to my wellness, to help me heal. You know, there's there's acceptance and there's belief. You don't have to believe anything, but you do have to accept, and you do have to want to heal. Did you say walk through fear? No, you have to want to heal. If you don't want Want to to heal, heal. because I'm sure you know there are people who, as much as they complain that they're sick, they don't feel good, help me, help me, really in their psyche, subconscious, they don't want to heal. Well, I know all about resistance um, because I've had to deal with my own uh, as well as other people's. And and that's the onion. That's part of the onion. I mean, the not wanting to heal is fear what happens, fear of success, fear of what happens uh, if if I'm well. What, you know, people want to lose weight and they don't. Uh, Fear of what does it mean you know, to have have this body. I think a lot of people have fantasies if because you can get caught up in a trap. If only I had X, Y, Z, I'd be happy. And then you get X, Y, Z. Well, in a way, you don't want it because maybe you don't want to be happy. And so it, it can get complicated. And uh-huh. that's why, especially when you start talking about it, but I think having the awareness and then, like you said, it's 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 like, do you want to heal? It's it's letting go at an even deeper level, and self forgiveness, and 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 just, I'm letting go of control because I think oh, that God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm bringing it back to Reiki. I remember that I once uh, I once were. I'm trying to remember now. I was new in Reiki. I, I think it was me. I was. I think somebody in, in a group setting was working on me, and uh, I didn't. It was the only time, but I didn't really want them to. I think in retrospect, it was silly. But afterwards, they said to me something. Uh, you know, Do you have a headache? Would you have this? And so they felt my energy contracted. And I felt it the other way, too, working on people, they are not open. So you don't have to believe in Reiki, but if you're working on someone who, and it's rare that I work on someone like this because I usually work on people that are also practitioners or energy people, but 
I've worked on people, and I know that they they're just not ready because they're they're constantly they, they want to control it, and it's that letting go of control. So when you lie down or you're sitting down and you're letting someone give you reiki, you're letting go of control. And the same thing in relationships. Uh, I mean, the thing is, you need to be aware of how you're feeling and then be able to uh, be flexible. So, for example, you, you know, in anything in life, you may have an idea. This is what I want to do. The door is open and you start doing it, whether it be a relationship, a job, a house, anything. And as you're walking down that, that road, it could be wonderful and fantastic. But then something may happen. I don't know. <laughs> you know, anything can happen. Uh, and then... You know, it's just being flexible and in the moment, which, you know, Reiki is also very much about being present in that particular moment. But when you're present in the moment and not really, that's the practice, uh, at least for me. I, I can't speak for other people. But when I'm in the moment, then I'm not thinking, well, I always wanted to do this, so I'm going to do it. Well, if it was a fantasy five years ago, is it still what I want to do today? That's been a big lesson for me in watching myself and other people. And then if doors are closed, am I going to bang on those doors or am I going to see, wow, that door is open and that door is open. I know I'm speaking very abstractly now, but uh, these are the things that, that, that I've been, been learning. And a lot of the things that I've been afraid of, I go very slowly, and that helps me a lot. When something is really scary, I just take the, the smallest step possible. And then I find, wow, it's not really as bad as I thought it was. It never is. It's never as scary as we think it is. Because if we're right. in the moment, then we have, you know, we're not given more than we can handle. But you mentioned that loss thing, and, uh, you know, when a relationship ends or when there's a death, and... Uh, I, I recently had, had an example for my cat. I know you're a cat person because I could see oh, that on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. And, and uh, my beloved cat uh, died two years ago. And it was a very complicated time. There was a lot going on. Uh, just just in, in my, with, It had to do with my, uh, my neighborhood and my house. And uh, I, I really didn't think he was going to die. In my head, I thought he's going to live for a long time. And so I think I had a lot of denial. Like, I wasn't really open because I was totally controlled, uh, controlling him. You're going to be alive as long as I need you to be alive. That's I say how and, long. And, you, know, and, you know, and my cats are healthy and, and this type of thing. So, but well, one thing related to Ricky, one, at one point I was, well, what am I going to do? He, he, he was, it, it, it was getting bad and... I've, I've got all these cards together where I wrote all these different treatments I was considering, including nothing, do nothing, and including Reiki. And then I just kind of put the cards down blank, and I, I picked, like I gave them an order. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first one was do nothing, and Reiki was down towards the bottom. And I thought, oh, this is BS, and I just threw it away. I said, this can't be right. This was me trying to control this. I could see it right. now. Long right. story short, he did, he did have very serious illness, and, and he died. And, but what was amazing is that I can now, on the other side, see where I was, that I wasn't able at that time to accept what was happening. And I see now that the reason I got the card do nothing is because there was nothing to do. 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, now I realize that was a really beautiful answer that I got. And what happened is that he was an outdoor cat, and all this time I'd always had a fear that he, he, he wouldn't come home because he got in fights. And that's probably, he, he was 11 years old. I mean, he lived a good life. But I always had the fear he won't come home, I'll lose him, he'll get hit by a car, that type of thing. Oh, Lord. And, uh, anyway, so uh, none of that, well, he had in fact, but the most beautiful thing is that I was with him when he died. He didn't run away. And I realized I spent all that time being worried and I didn't, and, and, and in the end, he was with me, giving me love, showing me love, and really the whole experience was just one of love. And I realized that the lesson was I had all this fear, and in the end, he never left. And yep. he was a real loyal cat. And I realized what a beautiful lesson. Uh, and I think the reason he got sick is, is so that I would have time to prepare. But it, it was a lesson for me uh, about love, about letting go, mm-hmm. and and not you know and not controlling, and not trying to control an outcome. And I now I again I've learned a lot of that through training and Reiki, because all of my training was you know you put your hands up and I'm it's spirit source whatever you want to call it is coming through mm-hmm. me. And I am a conduit of that energy. It it just comes through me. And hey. I I can't control what that person is going to do or what kind of experience they're gonna have. In fact, the more I try to control it, then I'm not really being of service because yeah. it's their experience. Not mine. Yeah, and I mean Reiki is an intelligent energy. Why would we even think that we had to control it outside of we have our ego getting in our own way? Then? And that's, you know, practice in and of itself. That's the first thing we say when we first learn Reiki. Put your ego aside and just become a clear channel and be in the moment. And there's nothing you have to do. And that's the magic. I mean, that's, 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 that's when the miracles happen. I mean, yeah, that is, is, you can get, sorry. Yeah, that's the magic of Reiki, yeah. And the magic of living. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the magic of being in that moment because no matter what's happening, it could be pure crisis out there. And it, it, it's just such a tool if you can just stop and, and be in that moment and expand your energy in the moment, then you'll see what doors open or where you're, higher self wants to do and it may be washing dishes and maybe making a phone call whatever it is but it's you know when you live that I know for me when I'm in the crisis type of situation and I and I can get like that I start to calm down uh, so that's that's my that's that's my that's my truth what works for me uh, and I and I know it's easier said than done <laughs> but it's uh, well, that does take practice, and that's why, you know, Reiki, it's a practice. It's an eternal practice. You keep practicing, and you never stop. Once you start it, you never stop. It's something that you carry with you throughout your whole life. Like, some people ask, you know, I have this page called Reiki Board, and some people ask, well, you know, people have come 
put the request on Reiki Ward, and you have all these people sending Reiki because we've got like, oh God, we have about anywhere from 200 to maybe 500 Reiki practitioners who actively participate in sending Reiki to the the healing requests that are posted on on the on the wall on the Reiki Wars page. And people say, well, you know, since all this Reiki and the person died anyway, well, okay, first of all, you have to realize no one is God. And no one, even a doctor, is going to save someone if their time is up. But the beauty I find over and over again with Reiki is that even though we didn't prolong the person's life, which everybody would love to, you know, have happened, we made the transition of that soul so much more easier, so much more peaceful, so much more soothing than it would have been without any Reiki. And that's where I tell, you know, people who question, like, that's where you have to take your solace. Don't feel, I did nothing, or everything we did was futile. You know, we did do something. We helped them cross over in peace. Oh, yeah. that's big to me, you know, rather than having them go out full of fear, fighting and screaming and kicking and, you know, it's just, I've seen too many people die that way and it's just, it's not pretty, it's not good. So, um, I think Reiki really, really helps with that and and it's such a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I, I think the process of death is, is, if you're, if it's a very serious grieving, it's hard to get there, uh, but, Having been having been uh, around people that were dying or, or with them when they died or around that time and giving them Reiki, I mean it's 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 magnificent. I mean, in the sense of the energy, because they're letting everything go uh, with the body, with the ego, and there's just this pure expansion that you can feel. Uh, and and I, I'm a true believer that they're not. It's not the end. It's just the end of us of their of their body being animated with their spirit. But uh, it, you're right. Reiki can yeah. help a lot with helping them feel calm because there's a lot of conflict. Uh, and you know, usually having to do with the people left behind. <laughs> See, that's I think that was you know my cat. He was fine, uh, but uh, it, it, it was it was my conflict and. And, and even the death, so yeah, that's again, a whole it's, other it's, story. <laughs> it's always with us, and it's always about, oh, damn, I've lost control. You mean I can't control this? Because right. um, I know when I had my house fire, uh, oh, I felt horrible because I was just going over to my cousin's in, in New Jersey, and I didn't want to get my cat his name was Rascal. I didn't want to get Rascal all upset and crazy. I figured, you know what, if I can just slip out of the house, you know, unnoticed, I'll be back tomorrow. I was only going to stay overnight. And I'm like, I'm not going to make the big fanfare, kissy, huggy thing that I always used to do with him. And then they called me about seven hours later, the house was on fire. And when I got here, I said, where's my cat? And they said, he didn't make it. And, oh, Rose, I'm sorry. Yeah, talk about being in shock. He said to me, oh, the cat didn't make it. I busted out laughing. And he looked at me, the guy, and he said, 
no, he didn't make it. I said, come on, where is he? He's like, he didn't make it. And then I just, I collapsed because I, then it like, it hit me. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, I have been blessed with psychic ability from birth. And um, I can hear spirit. I can see spirit, although I really don't like to see anybody because I still can't, you know, in my head, like, you're not here, but I see you here, and it's freaking me out. So, <laughs> so if, if spirit wants to speak to me and tell me something, fine. I know. Clear audience I can deal with. So it was about two years after he died, and I'm walking around here, and all of a sudden I hear him, and he says to me, Mama, it's time. And I'm like, time? You need a cat. And I said, oh. okay. All right. So that was November 2012, and I figured, okay, sooner or later, I'll, I'll go looking for a cat. And I wanted a black cat this time. You know, I never really, I never really had a choice to pick out a cat I wanted because I was always adopting strays, kittens, this, that. You know, I was, I was coming to the rescue of all these cats. So I go and I go look at the black cats over at Last Hope in Wanta, and. Uh, see all these black cats and so cute and the second go around I come up to a cage and this little white this little black cat she walks up to the front of the cage says hello puts her paw like hey you lady look at me look at me and I took her out of her cage and she was just the sweetest thing and when I looked at her it's like wait a minute this is a black cat but she has white spots and she has a little white spot under her neck and a white spot in under each armpit and in each groin. And when I saw those tiny little white spots, I'm like, yeah, you're the one. He marked you. <laughs> you oh, know, I, remember funny. me? And, I, and that's my passion. I took her home, and that's it. Because <laughs> oh, I that's knew, wonderful. Yeah. I knew that was a sign, you know. Um, See. Yeah, and you're open. I mean, that, that's the flexibility. And when we can be open and flexible, the thing with love is when one thing leaves, we think, we, you know, it, it, it hurts. And, and a lot of that comes from childhood. And, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. It just, you know, it's one of those things that just is so difficult <laughs> uh, about loss. But I know I know and is that love is everywhere. If you open your eyes, yes, there's, I mean, for me, there's my one cat, and, and I still miss him, but I got this opportunity to give more love to the other cat who was kind of eclipsed by him. And when relationships change or end, I mean, my parents have died, things like that. Well, mm-hmm. like you, I can communicate afterwards anyway. Uh, and so there's not a total loss. In fact, there's a better relationship in some, in some cases uh, because we're not limited by whatever was going on with the egos. But there's, there's so many people out there. There's love from plants. There's love from the sun. There's love from animals. I mean, I get visitations at my house by different animals. At the moment, the deer are coming, and uh, a week ago I had a frog climbing up my window, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> I had a fox, and... There are dragonflies and butterflies, and I see hummingbirds. And, and so when I can let go of control and see the many ways that this is such a rich life, then 
you know, I'm changing my perspective. I'm changing right. my perception. And that is what things like Reiki have helped me with, is being able to stop being stuck on only one channel, only seeing one thing repetitively, like you said. You keep repeating the same thing, you get the same result. Yeah, it's called and, insanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I am so much happier when I'm in the, you know, when I go into bliss and and. and and, and everything is a practice. Like the supermarket, I used to be, or driving. I mean, I'm from New York, and I don't, I can go back to my New York behavior, and I don't like, even if I'm not in a rush, I realize, why are you in a rush? It doesn't matter when you get there. But I just was so used to being in a rush, and then practicing, okay, I can just do it differently. Even at, I'm not at, at these jobs right now, because I'm I'm now focusing on writing, but when I've been at jobs and, uh, I, I, I worked at a call center, actually two different call centers at different oh, times. Gosh. And yeah, yeah. And there were times where speaking to a difficult person and when when I was in a good space, sometimes I just sent them love in my head, like they'd be very upset. I'd say I you know, quiet to myself, I love you, I love you. I just just trying to shift the energy. Uh, right. I love I love the Ho'opono prayer. Uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Right. And and I've seen energy shift or just sending Reiki. And what it does is stops me from going into my old reaction. You know, the reaction that I've always had. And I have kind of... uh, I'm a big believer that, that illness, physical illness is a lot of it comes from our reaction. And so the same reactions that we have in our relationships or in our jobs and that we have even as communities and as countries where we have all these old beliefs and all these conflicts and all this hatred, going, I'm going to this... I'm very interested in this concept called uh, conscious immunity. I've been kind of obsessed with it for like a decade or more. Mm -hmm. And it brings together the studying that I did of the immune system with the energy work, the Reiki, and other spiritual practices just to raise consciousness. And I feel that we – I know myself and just about everyone around me is either evolving or they're or they're or they're not evolving. I mean, I, I or they're turning that. into mold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, e- either you, either you're going to wake up or you're going to do something else. But most people, there's a lot more awareness. I mean, even in the last few months, I just noticed that more and more people that I never knew that they had any interest in these things, they, they post on Facebook or the words that come out of them uh, are pretty spiritual. And it excites me. But I, as I said, I've been obsessed with this thing where I, I started realizing, it started when I was writing the Hepatitis C book. Uh, I mean, it started before that because I've been on this path for a long time in different ways, but I didn't, I wasn't ready. It wasn't, coalesced within me. I didn't have the full picture. And I'm not saying I have the full picture now, but, you know, it's always evolving. Uh, But I needed to evolve as myself to be able to bring this forward. And 
So our immune system, which is supposed to be protecting us against the bad bugs, the bad germs, that's what we believed. If you think about it now, now with probiotics and with good bacteria, we realize, oh, wait a second, not all bacteria are bad. In fact, without viruses, I don't, we wouldn't even, humans wouldn't exist because they were very important in our physical evolution. Right. So it's the same thing with people out there and countries out there. It, 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 you know, there's good and bad, right and wrong, when we get into very rigid thinking, then we have our reactions. We have our set reactions, and this is what we've always done, and this is what we do. And, I mean, that's the type of thing we do in our body. We get stressed, our shoulders tense up, you know, our lower back tenses up. Uh, We may eat, we may smoke or drink, whatever. We have these reactions. And the more conscious we are, the more we're able to relax and skip the reaction or lessen the reaction or choose something different. Exactly. My my, my old chiropractor used to say, every time I'd go in for my appointment, she's like, okay, so now I have to separate your shoulders from your earlobes. Where has your (laughs) neck gone? And it's true, I used to get so stressed, my shoulders would start to rise and they'd start to crunch up. And by the time I got to her, at the end of the day, my shoulders were hanging off my earrings. It was like... So stressful. <laughs> this, is, this is way before the Reiki days. But, um, yeah, no, we're, we get into that rut. And um, I think the thing, too, I, you know, I didn't see the movie, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, but I like everything that I see coming out of there. Because there was never so much, and this goes to show you how much, how much dogma and religion and, and everything plays a part in our lives. Um. The United States is a very Christian country. You know, it's like right. basically here it's like you got Christian and Judaism and that's it. There's not that many Buddhists here. There's not that many Muslims here, you know. So with us, it's, those are the teachings. And both teachings, well, I better not say both because I really I know a little bit about Judaism, but not a whole bunch. But I can honestly say that as, you know, as, as having been uh, Christian at one point in my life, um, you know, we're all taught that you die, you go to heaven, you go to hell. Everybody has these ideas of what these places look like. But for the most part, we're taught, you know, there's no real afterlife. And most people truly believe that when you die, you're dead. You're gone. You're, you're a body in the earth that just decomposes and that's the end of you. But it's not. And I've gotten admonished for saying this, but I said, you know what? To me, everything is energy. We are energy, and there's no way energy dies. Energy doesn't die. It transforms, it transmutes, but it doesn't die. So in all actuality, we never die. We are eternal. We are immortal. I said, you know, I got a lot of flack when I first went on Facebook because my profile picture was a wolf. And I had a couple of guys like, well, I won't friend you because I want to know what you look like. And I'm like, but, you know, you're basing this on something that's really, really Silly. Why do you need to look at my physical vessel? Not that I'm hiding anything, but that wolf is my soul. I feel a connection to wolf, and wolf is my totem, and I feel the connection to wolf on a soul level, so that's why that's my profile picture. To me, even with people, I never really cared what anybody was, what color they were, what shape they were, what did, you know, whether they looked 
like people say, normal, whether they didn't look normal. It's like, you know, when I look at a person, I see their light, I see their soul. So I really don't care what their vessel looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the energy that concerns me. It's the soul. It's the person. It's it's their essence, you know? We're, there's too much put on us about what we look like. If it's not what you look like, it's how you dress. Uh, like even you're saying with the stress, they're asking people to multitask. I'm a I'm against multitasking. I don't see how anyone can yeah. can be in the moment if they're multitasking. It makes completely no sense. Um, it's just it's all turned upside down. We're getting crazy. Well, but there there I see that things are uh, these are fascinating times. And it's easy, and I can get caught up in the news and some real negativity there, but there are some exciting things already happening that I, I get excited by because I, I just like to stay in that optimistic place and seeing the good. The, I, I, I don't think Pollyanna's bad. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like that attitude, but if you watch the movie or read the book, so I admit it, I have the Pollyanna gene in me. Uh, but I've got that gene, too. I think it's okay. I'm, I'm sure you do. I think we, I, I, talking to you, I think we're, we're, we're very similar. Uh, but I, I see, I mean, for example, 3D printing. I mean, just look at the Internet. You and I are old enough. I, I, I know I am. You know, there was no Internet. Look how quickly, yes, bad things move, quote, bad. But look how, how, how many wonderful things Look at all the connections that you can have. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's just incredible. And going back to something you said in the beginning about the Reiki book, when it first came, my Reiki book came out, I would go to the bookstore and I would take it off the shelves and I would give it Reiki and I would say blessings to all the books <laughs> wherever they are, like they were my babies. And so when you said it survived, I thought, well, maybe that was one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe you've got a blessed baby here. This is cool. Yeah. There, there's so many fun things. I mean, that's a beauty about Reiki. There's so many fun things we can do. We can bless our food. We, I mean, just, we, we can go into store. We, we can just participate. And I love the Reiki ward that, that I know that you're doing. And uh, there are just so many positive things. Uh, anyway, the 3D printing, and I was just reading today about they're getting ready to have printable solar panels and just things are shifting. And sometimes we, that you posted, that is fantastic. I'm like, this is great. I, I see. I love stuff like that. And, 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 and I'm really interested also in learning from the natural world and, uh, and because there's so much to teach us. And so I think that we all have things that really excite us. And, Mm -hmm. and I know myself, I'm happier when I'm, participating in or thinking about or reading about or knowing about those things because there are a lot of interesting things that are happening. I mean, food, there's more. I, I don't know. I'm sure you have growers in New York, but in Maine, there is so, there's so many farms where I live. I mean, it's true. Oh, we have a heck it. of a long winter. But so many uh, farms and, and young people are coming and opening farms. And so we have foods that are made by people that you know. Right, and it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling, and, and permaculture and things like that. I mean, in, in all areas 
alongside our decrepit uh, <laughs> civilization, in quotes, you know, all of our structures that seem to be crumbling, new ones are growing up at the same time. So that's, right. I hold that belief and, and, uh, and, and, I, and, and just knowing, and, and, I, and I said to myself the other day, I mean, if you just, if, if I just know it's, death is not bad, Right. I mean, it, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's just like going into, I mean, it, it, you could see it you're going into another room. I'll tell you that my, I was with my dad when he died, and my sister was too, so it wasn't only the Reiki person. It was, she's not. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she saw too. He saw something. His eyes lit up, and uh, he, he saw, you know, I can't say what he saw. But it's pretty clear that there's more than than we have here. And everybody has has gifts. And sometimes the gift could be smiling at somebody. I mean, there there are some magical people that let other people in, you know, in traffic. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes. (laughs) You know, and and they're not in a rush. They nice and courteous and polite years ago. Well, you know, you know, even at the, when I was at a call center, I sometimes realized I have the ability, if I speak to all these people, I have the ability, besides I love solving problems. So, it, you know, in some ways I, I, I really enjoy and I love helping people. So it, it wasn't all bad because uh, some of them were pretty, almost like being at a help desk. But, if, you know, spiritually I'm able to help a lot of people. You know, they're calling me, and I'm getting this opportunity to, by my voice, by my attitude, you know, maybe there's a little bit of sunshine that can come through me. Now, was I able to maintain that all the time? No. And that's why eventually I had to leave that. It wasn't good for me. And then there are some people I called, and I was not in a good mood, and just talking to them, my day shifted. Right. Right. It's, uh, but what I tell you, like I said, um, my mother uh, had Alzheimer's for the last five years of her life, and I had her home here for two years, and then I had to put her in a nursing home, which killed me. And then the very last year that she was in the nursing home, it got to the point where she didn't recognize me, and that, as a daughter, killed me. And I would go to visit her. She did not know who I was. And, um... That was really, really, really hard because my mother was not only my mother, but she was my best friend. And so when she passed away, not only my mom passed away, my best friend passed away. I felt so alone. I had been feeling alone more so for the year when she didn't recognize me because it was as if she was dead. You know, it's like, okay, so the body's here, but that body, using the eyes that it has, is looking at me and there's no connection. This woman doesn't know who I am. She doesn't remember anything that we had together prior to this point. This is killing me. So, okay, mom passes away. And three weeks after she passed, I heard her. And I, <laughs> thought, I, I thought I was hearing things. But like I said, I've been clairaudient since I was like three. So I'm used to hearing spirit in my ear tell me things and, and what have you. And it was my mother's voice. And I, I was like, Ma. And she's like, yeah. I said, you're back. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, we can talk again. And it was like, oh, blue 
my mind. And he really blew my mind. And it was such a good feeling. Now, you know, people would say, this woman is crazy. Her mother died, but yet she's happy because three weeks later, her mother came back from the dead and spoke to her. <laughs> but honestly, that's what happened. You know, my dad has visited maybe once or twice, but, you know, not not frequently. But um, it was it was amazing. It was such a satisfying feeling because it was like, God, this is proof that, you know, the energy that was in my mother, and she's still around somewhere in, in the, you know, particles and waves. So, um, yeah. But I don't think we're, I don't think the majority embraces it. We're taught all these kinds of things. And it's just easier for us to accept that, you know, when you're dead, you're dead. But like I was saying, in this movie, um, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, I think that's going to help a lot of people understand more that there is life going on after the physical body dies. And, and oh, and, and I'm, I'm looking at your, the yin-yang on, on, on the uh, computer, and that reminds me from what you said, and part of that is the, uh, the duality of, of the way that we see the world is right, wrong, black, white, male, female, alive, dead, uh, healthy, sick. You know, every, we, 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 we have these categories, and they're very rigid. And they're not true because everything is, is a continuum, and things can't be uh, shoved into a category like that. And I, I remember somebody said, you know, why isn't there gray area? Oh, I, now I can't remember who that was. But, but, I mean, sometimes we don't want to live in the gray, but, but we're trained. We want to explain things. We want to know who is right. We're trained from a young age. Who is right? I mean, you get, you get points for being right. There's a right answer. There's a wrong answer. There's a right way to do it. There's a wrong way to do it. Uh, but there's and really so, not. It's like I told no. a friend of mine once. Uh, he was saying something. You know, uh, I was supposed to wrap a pendant of his, and I didn't get to do it. We kept forgetting. Every time we were together, you know, he'd forget to give me the, the stone. It was a Lemurian crystal. And he would forget to give me the Lemurian. And I had the copper wire all ready to wrap. And finally, he had it wrapped by someone he knew, a shaman or whatever. And uh, when he was visiting, I said, oh, I have to wrap that, the crystal. He said, no, I had it wrapped already. I said, oh, okay. So uh, he's like, well, if you don't like it, you know, you can unwrap it and, and wrap it yourself. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Okay, let me explain something to you. Life is not all about what you want and what you like or what I want and what I like. Truly living and what life is all about is it's all about what is to be. And he looked at me. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And I said, that's what it is. We're, we're two conditions. I want it, I get it. I want it, I don't get it. I, wanna, I want this to be this way, and I have control, and it will be, or I want this to be a certain way. And even though I don't have control, I'm going to keep forcing it until I get control, which is total insanity. Um, there's a term in Italian called chiaro scuro, which means, you know, chiaro is light, and scuro means dark. But mm-hmm. what that whole thing of chiaro scuro is, they use it a lot in um, painting and, and photography. It's the effect of contrasted light and shadow that's created by the light 
falling on or forming a particular definition on something. And it's almost like kind of, well, you have white and you have black, but somewhere in that middle is that gray area. And that's the perfect area, that gray. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where you want to be. Or like in the UN method, I've taken the UN method. um, What they'll say is you have to become neutral to to be in a good place where you don't have any because if you're way too positive on something you're out of balance if you're way too negative you're out of balance so when we're doing the energy work on people what the focus is it's to bring them to a neutrality and then you're then you're in the right spot so i think we want to be great <laughs> Say that again. You don't want to be neutral, did you say? No, no, I I, I, I think we want to be gray, you know, not in color, but you want to be in that neutral gray area. And again, you know, that's been um, put down a lot too. There is no gray area, white or black. No. And I even, I even, I take issue with Yoda because, you know, (laughs) this big line from Yoda is there is no try. Well, I'm sorry, pointy little man with the pointy ears. Um, if you don't try, you don't succeed. What do you mean there is no try? In order to succeed at something, you have to approach it. You have to try it. So that's my argument with Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I don't know if you've um, heard of heart math or you know that, that work yes, that they do, but yes. they, they, they talk about getting to that place of neutral. And when you were talking about that, that the gray, I also, it just it reminds me of peace. So when we're in heavy reaction, we're not in peace. We're, that's, that's actually red, isn't it? That's, that's, that's cold well, red. <laughs> yeah, but look at, look at it this way. If you were to take two circles, a black circle and a white circle, okay, and if you would bring them together in the form yeah. of the Vesica Pisces, okay? Yeah. When you bring them together, what do you have in that middle, that middle portion that looks like almost a fish? It would be gray, wouldn't it? Yes, that's gray. Oh, that's where you and want I, to be. And you know, and when you say the, that gray, the middle way. I mean, I think the middle way is, I believe it's it's some a Buddhist term, but it's 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 yeah, it's 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 someone is not right, they're not wrong. It, it just is. And it it's such a peaceful is, place yeah. to be. It's a peaceful place to be because you're not in reaction. And another thing that I've heard is, I mean, when, when we are, uh, when, when our happiness or our feeling good or our peace is conditional, like if we need people to love us or we need someone to say they love us or to say you look good or you did a good job or whatever we need, then we're, we're, we're not going to be happy because, Sunday, I mean, on Monday, so-and-so might say, I don't like you. Tuesday, right. I like you. <laughs> you know? and, and, and so getting happy when they like us or not happy when they don't is going to lead to, you know, uh, discomfort because they may change their mind every single day. And, and if we can get to a place where we can just laugh at it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean... Because we can't control what other people think. Yeah, I mean, you can't let another person's actions determine your emotions. It's it's just it's self-destructive. 
And, um, you know, I tell you, the first time I really knew that I truly, truly loved someone and that I, at the same time, understood what love really was, was I was very much in love with this person. And then all of a sudden I, I saw that this person really was interested in somebody else or had something else going on. And I wasn't happy about it. But I thought, you know what, person so much that all I really want is for them to be happy. It's not a question of me or them or what. I just want them to be happy. And if this is what makes them happy, you know, if this person over me makes them happy, then I'm fine with it. And I I nearly, you know, floored myself because I couldn't believe that I had gotten to that point. Yeah. <laughs> so like, wow. That's true love. That's true love. That is true love. Yeah. Being able to let them go. I mean, that little story about the butterfly. You know, if you love someone, and 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 that's why you know, I, and I let my cat go uh, after uh, trying to control for a while. Oh, and, well, that was and, the quote from Jonathan Livingston Siegel: "If you love something, set it free." Yeah. Is, is that where it's from? Okay. Thank you. I th- yeah. Yeah, because that, you want to laugh, that was my quote in my high school yearbook. Oh. At 17, at 17 years old, that's I, I resonated to that quote. If you love something, set it free. Because the bottom line is, if it really loves you, there's no setting it free. There's no it's leaving you. It'll it'll come and go, and it'll always be yours. And and the other thing, was is that anyone that, that we've loved, you know, a friend, a romantic a family member, an animal, whatever, that love never dies. The physical exactly. form, it may not exist anymore. Beauty, it, and, and even the intensity, is, it's still there. And it's, it's right. precious. And, and, and we, uh, it's when we, we force a form, it has to be a certain way, then, then we're bound to feel a lot of pain. Uh, exactly. And, and 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 you're absolutely right. Getting back to that, I mean, uh, uh, you know, healing, letting go of pain, whatever you want to call it, uh, we have to be willing to to let go of controlling the things that we absolutely can't control. Yep. Yep. And you get to that point, you're in a good place. Yeah, because you're open to the beauty, whether it's just a dragonfly, fly, a dragonfly. I'm talking funny again. Or a a rainbow, or it, it could be the smallest thing—a beam of sunlight. Right. That makes me happy in Maine. I'll tell you, when I see a beam of sunlight, <laughs> I'm pretty happy. <laughs> but I'm not conditional because sometimes it's gray and raining, and that can be beautiful too. That can, yeah. That does. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's got its own right. It's beautiful in its own right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, you're another rose glass person. Like people tell me, take those rose colored glasses off. It's like, no, I'm an optimistic person and I hope to be an optimistic person until the day I leave this earth. But, yeah. Well, you know what? It's, for me, it's, it's fun. It's playing. And then I like dance and sometimes, I mean, dance can have slow movement and then there can be that ecstatic, uh, the Mm -hmm. bliss. And I, I love that feeling. I like being in bliss, but I know I'm not always in it. And then if right. I'm not there, then it's great to be calm. Uh, <laughs> well, know, I do in, in the neutral zone. One thing I learned a long time ago, everybody's looking. People want two things most of the time. 
love or money, okay? Oh, you got it. You can say love, money, or material things, but that comes from the money. But what they keep losing sight of is the most important thing in life, the most important thing in this universe is peace of mind, peace in your mind and in your heart. Just peace, inner peace is priceless, priceless. Because you can have money, you can have love, and you can have no peace. Yeah. And the thing is, it's an inside job. That's right. And when the inside energy is flowing and and is peaceful, that's what you're going to attract because all the resistance and the fears about having money or having love are going to dissolve. That's right. Stay in the neutral flow. And I have to run because you're counting me down here. But, Nina, thank you so much for being on the show. I definitely want to have you back again. Thank you. uh, Thanks for honoring me and gracing the show with your presence. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, have a great evening. Great. You too. Have a great weekend. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. Sending you Reiki blessings. And I hope you enjoy your weekend in love, light, and healing. Thank mm-hmm. you.